Hello, and welcome to the How to Get an Analytics Job podcast. My name is John David Arianson, and I'm your host. I'm what you would call a practicing professor. I have years of experience consulting in the analytics industry, and I have years of experience teaching analytics in the classroom at Greensboro College. This podcast is an ecosystem that I developed for my students so that they could get world-class career advice from leading analytics experts. To date, my students have got to ask questions directly to analysts and data scientists from Amazon, Apple, and Google. They've even got to talk directly to CEOs, CMOs, and presidents of companies who have been former clients of mine to get insights on how senior managers use data to drive their business decisions. If you're interested in becoming one of my students, check the links in the description down below. I'm currently offering two programs. One is a one-month career services program, and the other is an analytics apprenticeship program associated with Greensboro College. In both of those programs, we take a three-tiered hybrid approach. So you'll have access to pre-recorded asynchronous lectures, live group lectures in a cohort setting, and one-on-one coaching with experts in the analytics space. On average, our students are gaining about a $16,000 pay increase going through the program. On the high end, we've actually helped someone achieve a $54,000 pay increase. This means that on average, our students are recouping their investment between one to two months of landing their job. So if you're ready to take your career to the next level, click the links in the description and apply for our program. I would love to get to work with you. With all that being said, I hope you enjoy this podcast episode. the How to Get an Analytics Job podcast. And that's what we're going to be talking about is getting an analytics job in that transition. So I got one of my star students from the first year of my analytics minor cohort, Ben. Ben, I'm so happy to see you. How have you been? I've been good. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see you too, to catch up. It's been a while. It's been what, like seven months now? It has been. been. Well, you've just yeah. been um, working away, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, Pretty quick transition for me. I'm not sure if it's exactly how quickly I want it to be, but I think graduated May 8th, moved into a new, my own big boy apartment, May 22nd, <laughs> and then started my job um, two weeks later, June 7th. Wow. So it was wow. pretty pretty quick. Yeah, within a month, kind of flipped my life from being a college student to a full-time adult. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny is um... – Connor had an extra year to play golf. I think he just did a victory lap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I could have played another year of baseball, but I, I was kind of it's like, I think I'm ready for the real world. Well, I'm proud of you for adulting. That's that's super cool. But Thank you did you, a fantastic yeah. job of – so what was unique about you is that you had an analytics internship before you even came in to my class, which I think that is key because you, you met a company – got to work with them. So they got to kind of feel you out. Like you probably messed with the com- the culture really well. And then right. also prove that like you do what you say you can do. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was cool because they kind of worked together. Like I, I did the internship without much analytics experience. And then I took analytics courses 
So then it was kind of like a back and forth where I leveraged my internship experience to help me in my courses. And then my courses then helped me back into the uh, the job force. Good. That's that's how it should work. I feel like yeah. <laughs> a lot of programs doesn't like a lot of when I was getting my MBA, the technology was like 10 years out of date. So I'm glad that we're like, yeah. right. Cause you, you sent me. So I guess everybody who's watching um, the, the context of this conversation is that you sent me a LinkedIn message saying, Hey, I just got done running a power BI seminar with like what, six of our largest clients or something like that. Well, so the premise was I got an email from my boss, I don't know, a couple months ago, basically just email chain um, saying that one of our clients wanted to do a Power BI training, wanted us to run a Power BI training for them. Um, and he was asking me basically if I could be a part of the team. So I was like, oh, okay, like I'll just be a part of, you know, kind of facilitating it. The next thing I know, I'm in charge of building out the demo and leading the whole training session with 12 financial managers um, that were a part of the client. That's awesome. Um, so it was, it was cool. It was like full circle for me because I was like, okay, a year ago, I barely knew data visualization tools and just started learning. And a year later, I'm leading a presentation and actually teaching someone else. So it's pretty full circle. <laughs> well, I feel like uh, I promise I'm not like feeding you lines. Like <laughs> this isn't like a setup. This this like worked out perfectly then. Like that's, that's yeah. beyond yeah. what I would have expected, especially, I mean, you've only been on the job for what? A little over six months. So yeah, six months a week ago. So wow. yeah. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was a cool moment for me. That's awesome. All right. So we've got a few people. So we can do this now. We can bring live chats into the conversation. So Cheyenne, welcome, Raj. So Raj is a PhD student over at UNCG. And then Sai, welcome. All right. So let's get into what was it like transitioning out of student life and into the real world? I mean, were there, did, did it, well, I think... We, we just touched on this a little bit um, right before we went live. You're working 100% remote, which is kind of weird, especially for entry level. Because yeah. like, I think of, typically most entry level people have a manager that are like helping them train. So you're kind of like having to figure a lot of this stuff out on your own, right? Yeah, it's, it's a little hard. There's definitely some challenges, you know, whether it's learning a new program or having um, just, just basic questions about the job. It's not as easy to just walk over someone's desk and ask them a question, you know, setting up a meeting or even sending them an email. It's, it's just not as easy. So there's definitely a little bit of a, a bump to get over there, but overall it hasn't been bad. Everyone on my team is just super friendly, super, super willing to help. And they understand the circumstances. So, you know, nobody's like, Oh, like stop emailing me questions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but to touch a little bit on the transition from student to full-time job, I guess, well, I guess the whole reason why I'm fully remote is the whole pandemic. But having the pandemic, I guess, was my junior year come in. And mm-hmm. then we had some remote learning that kind of made the transition a little bit easier to then being fully remote working, you know, just dealing with laptops, like um, using Microsoft Teams or Zoom or whatever the, the um, meeting platform is, you know, having some experience with that. Um, so that wasn't as bad. But I guess, honestly, the transition... I, some, when people ask me this, I'm like, okay, so I basically still feel like a college student living on my own or whatever, but instead of class and baseball practice, I just have a full-time job eight to five and then I can do whatever I want in the evening still, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you're, you're in the adult world, like, and, but yeah. it's different because you have money now. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, <laughs> no, nah, I'm not a broke college student anymore. Oh, that's, oh, I'm so proud of you. That's awesome. Well, Okay. One thing that I tried to kind of impress on you guys during the capstone class is 
you had a unique problem and then I kind of laid back and let you guys take a stab at it. Are you doing, how, how are you finding answers to your questions? Cause it sounds like you're not solely leaning on emailing your team. Like, are you doing, are you Googling? Are you going on like a hack that I told one of my interns recently was there's a subreddit on power beyond your tableau. And there's like 30,000 people in that subreddit. And yeah. a lot of them just want new problems to solve. So you can post there and say, Hey, I'm having a problem with this type of if then statement. Do you have any thoughts? And then they'll they'll come and just pile on, and it's really cool. Right? Yeah. No, I, I definitely use uh, Google pretty much for most of my answers because I also want to like show show my uh, coworkers and the, the people above me that I can problem solve and stuff. You know, I mm-hmm. don't always just need to be relying on them for answers. So, say someone comes up to me working in Excel and says, "Hey, can you do this?" And I might not know exactly what they're talking about or how to do it. I'll just be like, yeah, I can do that. And then I'll go try to figure it out on my own or hit Google up or, you know, use various resources like that. And I pretty much am able to figure it out most of the time. So there's so much information on Excel, Power BI, stuff like that on Google. Well, that's kind of the controversial point about education right now is that, I mean, you can get a whole college degree for free on YouTube right now. It might, it might, yeah. it would take you a long time and you don't have like that guidance of like, all right, here's step one and step two, step three, but mm-hmm. the information is just, it's just widely available. Oh right. yeah. It's, it's all right there. So we got a question from Harish. He's, he's asking, will Power BI solely help you to be a cost analyst or data analyst? Like what, I guess the question is, what is your, what is your school or uh, your tool stack? Um, okay. Yeah. So cost analysis is kind of a, a niche little part of business analytics, data analytics, um, so there's a tool we use on a day-to-day basis called ACIP, which is strictly for cost analysis. It's a cost estimating tool. Um, so you wouldn't really have to know that unless you're doing cost estimating. But then on the other hand, we'll take that tool or an ACIP model that's in Excel and then turn that into a Power BI model for the visualization aspect. So I wouldn't say that to be a cost analyst, you need to learn Power BI, but it is very helpful and can you can definitely leverage some cool data and, and show some cool stuff to your clients. Right. I think data visualization is the skill set, whether you do it on Power BI or Tableau or Looker or whatever, just being yeah. able to understand, all right, here's a huge data set. Let's turn it down or let's let's pull it into here are the measures, here are the dimensions, and then visualize it to uncover insights. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Power BI is so powerful and honestly really fun to work in once you get to know it. Right. It will, it's, there's a learning curve. Like once you get up above it, it's like you can start doing some really, really cool stuff. Yeah. Right. So what are you getting into like coding or DAX or any of that stuff yet? A little bit. Yeah. So, cause we, so we worked in Tableau, which I think Tableau and Power BI are definitely similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I went and took uh, just a like Power BI one-on-one course just to kind of make sure I knew um, what I was doing. And I did a little bit of DAX in that, but I'm not like super deep into the whole DAX like coding and stuff yet. More just kind of like this stuff we learned and I don't know, nothing too complicated yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, the amount of things you can execute on with just like a quick measure, like I don't know if you've ever used a quick measure. Yeah. Yeah, I have. So it's just a point and click um, interface where it does all the coding on the back end. And I think that we're increasingly heading in that direction, like coding, at least for business analysts, it's not going to be a huge thing. Now, if you're a data scientist and you're doing like regression modeling and machine learning, like for sure you need to know math and coding. 
But right, yeah. I don't think that's like your lane though, right? Not really. So yeah, I'm not much of a, a coder, um, at least right now. My roommate and one of my really good friends is a data scientist and he knows, you know, a lot of coding and stuff like that and is always encouraging me to, you know, learn. And I've been interested. I, I would think that we've talked that Python might be the easiest to start with. So I'm definitely interested in maybe learning that because it's just, it would just be another tool I could add to my tool belt. So, um, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what lane I, I go in. I, well, uh, just knowing you for the past year or so, and you're not. So, okay, we had seven people in the cohort. Two of the seven were math majors, Connor and Christina, and they just geeked out on math. Like, it's, yeah. you're, you're just not. Yeah, I'm not. I think I'm it would just really bore like you that. to tears to, like, yeah. have to code it. Uh, I'm picturing you in, like, a dark, dimly lit room just trying to code. Yes. <laughs> this just, is like, like with a hood on, just sadly typing. <laughs> right. Hacker yeah. status. Um, yeah. But what's funny is, um, so Christina's actually helping me write the blog for my learning platform. Uh, oh, that's another new development. So I've developed, I've launched my own learning platform over the summer, um, which is cool. what's interesting about that. And I wish I could have had this thought like with you guys, I am generating real business data and then we're getting to analyze it to where oh, wow. um, like you guys in the case studies business analytics class, which for those of you guys who are watching. So I had you for two classes, case studies yeah. business analytics, where it's like we worked with like, it's almost like historical fiction where it's like there's some real data and then I would have to sprinkle in some other stuff. Or like we, we looked at my Udemy review data and then I added yeah, in like yeah. some extra, some extra um, dimensions there. And then you took my capstone course where you got to work with, I mean, what was that? Like a $300 million. You got to work with the president of a company that's they did uh, yeah. like 300 million in sales. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. In, in that case studies class, now they're getting to work with real data and analyze that, which I think is going to help them do even better during that capstone. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds awesome. All right. So Raj is asking, did you get any training on the job or did you have to make dashboards your first day? Like, okay, that's an interesting question. So did did you have to like, did you get, were you up and running day day one or was there like a training process? So I guess, uh, he's talking about Power BI specifically. Um, well, I guess with you, it's a different use case because you had already worked with that company and you knew their data structure somewhat, right? Yeah. So, I, okay. So I can touch on, I guess, two aspects. So like I mentioned earlier, the ACIT um, function or the um, ACIT program that is specific to cost estimators, that's something that I'm still learning I have a pretty good handle on it now, but I did need training, you know, whether it was, like I said, people are so nice. Like there was um, one of my coworkers was like, Hey, I'm, I'm working on an ACIT model. Do you want to just, I'll screen share and you can just watch me work on it, you know, just so you can mm-hmm. learn and see what it looks like. So there was stuff like that. There wasn't really a formal training session that I did just kind of on the job training. Um, my coworkers helping me learn. Um, so yeah, that was for ASIC because that was a pretty that's pretty common where everybody you need to know that for my job. Um, and as for Power BI, there's probably only a handful of people on my team out of like 30 that are Power BI gurus or sit, would like to claim that they know Power BI. So there wasn't any training on that. Um, but one day I just kind of mentioned to my boss because you'll think this is cool. I was like. <laughs> Hey, like I, I know data visualization, like I'd love to help out on any of those projects. By the way, here's my Tableau public. 
profile. Damn. So you can see what uh, the type of work I've awesome. done in the past. Yeah. Aren't you glad that we didn't have like a tedious, like really detailed exam? And that was your. So for those of you watching, the final exam in the case studies class was send me your future Tableau public dashboard and I'm going to grade it based on form and function. And yeah. Um, yeah, so, but I looked at, I just post shared yours. Like you've got multiple posts on there. Like, so you went above and beyond. What was yeah, the yeah. for that? I haven't um, updated that. I don't think really since I graduated. Um, well, mainly because I've been using Power BI, not Tableau. But I just, it was really cool and useful to just say, hey, like this is what I've done. Just so you can get a quick look at my experience and see if it's uh, useful. And then next thing you know, I'm on that Power BI training project. So it was cool. Yeah. All right. Things are running. I like had a vision for how it would work. And then you're like proof of concept. This, this actually is being fleshed out in the real world. Um, one thing that I wanted, I did want to kind of follow up on this. So in your internship, did you have training on, is it called ACIT? Is that how you say? ACIT. Yeah. A-C-E-I-T. Um, somewhat, which again, I think this was kind of a flaw because of COVID, you know, and being, mm -hmm. I was fully remote for my internship too. Oh, uh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Did you have an in-person interview or was it all remote the entire time? Everything was completely remote. The only time I went into the office was to pick up my laptop <laughs> and That's then to drop so it off at weird. the end of the internship. Yeah. Um, so it was weird. And I think I would have had more hands-on training as an mm -hmm. intern if I was in person with ACIT. Um, and I definitely didn't do as much in ACIT as I'm doing now as a full-time employee. It was kind of just like supporting a few other people as they worked on it. Um, so yeah, I guess the answer to that is not really no. There, there wasn't much training for that specific function. There was more overall like on the job training, just general analytics training or, you know, whatever being in, in the corporate world type deal. But um, yeah, I mean, overall it was still a really good internship even though it was remote. Well, it sounds like what you had going into this is at least a little bit of leverage in that there was a supply demand differential for, there was a bunch of data. There were very few people on the team who had the data visualization skill set. And right. what I'm, what I'm curious is, is how common is this? And I, my hunch is that this is not unique to your specific situation. I think that it, a lot, like one of the things that, young people can do or people that are entry level, if you can get some analytic skills, it's you are then in a different position. You're not necessarily entry level because you're saying, hey, I can teach this manager something they don't know or provide them something that is value additive instead of them just trying to, you know, train me or hold my hand. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah. Like I said, there's not many people on my team that know the data biz uh, skills. Um, so it's definitely, I, I would say, knowing that you have a leg up. Um, and like I said, we had to train um, one of our clients, you know, 12 financial managers. So they obviously had no experience with it either. So um, I definitely say, would say if you know data visualization, you have a leg up in the analytics world, especially as someone, um, you know, entry level coming out of college or, or whatever it may be. Awesome. All right. We're neglecting our live chat here. So Sarah... I'm glad that you've been following along. So she just completed an eight month data boot camp. Congratulations. Nice. nice. Um, and then size got a question. Um, well, okay. We can't answer a UK for data analysts, but I guess let's, 
did you feel underqualified or underqualified for this position going into it? Um, I wouldn't say I. I don't know. I, I think that I had all the right skills because it's, you know, it's just an entry level position, you know, zero to two years of experience, I guess you could say. Um, and, you know, I, I think another big thing besides power BI, I think knowing Excel extremely well is underestimated, or at least I thought it was, or I underestimated it, but now working for six months, I work in Excel every single day mm-hmm. and, if you know Excel, like the back of your hand, you know how to do all the functions, that's a big advantage and can help you out a lot and impress your bosses and coworkers. Um, so, and I had a pretty good knowledge of Excel, I think. So between that, the Power BI stuff, doing the internship, like I, I think I was, I didn't feel underqualified or anything. Well, you're also just like a rock star in terms of like a student. <laughs> Like, I like you were like that. top of your class. You were on the baseball team. You were like doing all the extracurriculars. Like you, um, I'll have to say, I'll admit this. When I was your age, you were much more mature than me when I was your age. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I didn't really get my life together until like 25 when I had my, I keep calling it the quarter life crisis, which I'm realizing it, that yeah. may be a millennial phenomenon. I was talking with um, Christina a few nights ago, like we were working on the blog and she was like, yeah, I think Gen Z just doesn't have that optimism that millennials do going to workforce. <laughs> That's probably true, yeah. Um, um, so let's let's pull in. So Sarah, I've, I, so her question is, uh, what can she do to stand out against others? My hunch is building out a portfolio. I mean, can we unpack that a little bit more? Like how, how did you breach the subject of, hey, um, I know about – well, you're like, hey, I know about data visualization. Here's my portfolio. Like, how did that conversation get? Yeah, okay. Um, it was pretty casual, honestly. But I think me and my boss, if I'm remembering correctly, were just he was asking me how the projects I was currently working on were going, um, if I was liking them. And then he was kind of explaining some other projects that the team was doing that uh, they may need help on. And then I just kind of brought up, I said, hey, you know, I'm, I have some experience in data visualization. You know, Power BI Tableau, I really enjoy doing these type of things. So if any of those projects need help on, like, I would love to help. And he basically was just like, that's really awesome to know. Um, there's not many people on the team that know this, et cetera. And then, like I said, I sent him my uh, Tableau portfolio. I said, hey, take a look, just to give you an idea of what um, what I can do. And then it kind of didn't hear from him for a little bit. But then I started getting put on more uh, Power BI projects. So you, just, you just planted that. Planted that. Planted the seed, just keep it in the back of his mind. Yep. <laughs> um. Okay. So Sarah, it looks like you're in the medical space. I'm wondering if you could learn data visualization. And for example, like there's so many data visualizations on COVID. Maybe you could start building out portfolios around, you know, healthcare data, and then that can help you pivot into a more analytics facing facing role. I think. Yeah, I, I think that, that would work for sure. Just getting experience and all the analytical tools. Like, I guess, I feel like you can look up whatever job you'd, you know, you'd, you'd want and see whatever skill sets they, they want you to have and just make sure you know those those tools like the back of your hand. And then if, if one of them is data biz and, you know, have that portfolio to show like, hey, look, I, like, I really know my stuff on these. You know, I can really benefit your team. Well, okay, I th- I'm realizing I, we've still been a little bit vague about what is it exactly that you're doing right now as an analyst. So I understand you're analyzing cost data, but like what 
are you are you optimizing contracts or supply chain or so basically so my our the main client of my company is the department of defense like we're mm-hmm. on a contract we are a government contractor with the department of defense so you know that's the marine corps the navy army coast guard etc and then my specific contract is with the marine corps so i work with the marine corps on a day-to-day basis the cost estimating and analysis division which is pretty much all things business analytics but mainly cost estimating um, so I would Power BI is I definitely, like I said, have been working on it, but that's not the main thing that I do. The main thing that I do is say the client comes up to us and is like, hey, we have this project and we need a life cycle cost estimate. That's like the main that's end all be all project that we want to submit to them. And there's some other steps like smaller projects that lead up to it. But that's basically us taking all the documentation they have, all the costs all of the labor, all of the travel, pretty much anything for the entire life cycle of the program. When I say program, it's like, I don't even know how to describe the program. It's kind of hard. Um, It's basically, so the one I'm working on right now is they're building a a war gaming center on a Marine Corps base, right? Oh, wow. That is super interesting. Yeah. So that's like the the program is war gaming. So basically all of the costs that go into it. And then our job is not to really follow their budget is basically just say, here's all the costs you gave us and all the different factors. This is what our estimate is that it's going to cost to do this over its 10 year life cycle or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we just kind of put that all in one big uh, life cycle cost estimate that ACIP model and kind of present it and say, yeah, here you go. (laughs) Nice. And well, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of moving parts there. I mean, it sounds pretty complex. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely really complex, and it's not like like you'll be working on one project for you know months at a time. Um, yeah. There's you know gathering data, doing research. It's there's a lot that goes into it, um, and it's a lot of kind of digging and doing your own analysis. Mainly within, at least my experience, you know, we do most of our analysis in Excel. And then move it basically just from Excel into ACIT. And then it, it's, it's, uh, it basically does all the cost estimating for you once it's in it, in ACIT, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's easier to set it up in Excel and then move it over. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that goes on for sure. Well, this actually gets to a pretty nuanced point of like what tool you should use. I have quite a few friends who are financial analysts and even senior financial analysts are still using Excel. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know what that is, but if if you like this space, maybe going and learning coding or even more advanced. Well, I, actually, I think learning more advanced Power BI might be an effective strategy for career growth because it's like that could map directly on top of um, the Excel file. I mean, that right. stresses me out thinking about million dollar contracts where you could just fat finger um, an extra zero on there, and then you're billing the client an extra million dollar, like. That's, yeah, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> that stresses me out. That, that actually happened to one of my friends where he was like, yeah, we, I made an error because it's like these nested Excel files where it's like you have one tab and it references this and it's just, right. I mean, it's, 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 it's stressing me out a little bit thinking about it. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Yeah. You have to be careful, but um, yeah, no, I definitely would recommend knowing Excel. I think it's a very powerful tool. All right, so Cheyenne is asking, um, moving like kind of towards the data science or or analytics space. Oh, I'm getting a a bit of an echo. It's is your headphones cut out? 
how does it sound now? Okay, I'm good. I'm good. It's just like a it was like a one second delay, and I was hearing my voice. It was throwing me off a little bit. Um, okay, but okay, so. I don't know if you could give him any specific advice on like going from an engineer to data science role, but what do you think were the keys to your success of like getting that first analytics job? Um, yeah, I think, well, it kind of goes back. It's, it's a little different for me because I, I wasn't just cold applying, you know, post-graduation. But I guess I can talk about how I got the internship. We're going to take a quick pause from the episode so that I can give you some more information about our career services program. Over the last four years, I have developed a very effective approach to teaching the foundations of analytics. And I've taken that same curriculum from my case studies and business analytics class at Greensboro College and turned it into a career services program. So if you've ever thought to yourself as you're listening to this podcast, man, John David students are really lucky. You can have a very similar experience to them. Just check the link in the description down below. My career services program offers you an analytics foundations curriculum. So this will shore up any gaps in knowledge that you might have in landing either a promotion or maybe even your very first analytics job. And then you get to work one-on-one with me to help build your personal brand. So we will look at your resume and also help you develop a customized portfolio. All right, let's get back to the episode. So that's, Which, that's actually what I was hoping you were going to say is build your network or milk yeah. or like, or follow up with the people, you know, right. Yeah. So I, I guess I can just tell everyone that's listening short story of how I got the internship, which then led to a job. So I, I played baseball in college, played in the summer, whatnot. And there's a few guys on the team older than me already working in the DC area. And so I was like, you know, I'll just ask them. I'm looking for an internship. I just shot a message in our group chat said, Hey guys, looking for a business analytics internship in the DC area. Does anyone have any at their company? A couple guys reached out to me and then got some interviews and ended up getting the internship at the company um, I work for now. So it uh, definitely helps to know people in the industry you want to be in and just don't be afraid to ask people because nothing, nothing can hurt by that. Yeah. Well, I think having a warm referral or like, so you knew someone who worked at that company or that the company. You're yes. working at now. So yes. like then you're a known quantity and they can vouch. I mean, it's, it's it, for them to say, Hey, I know Ben, I trust Ben. He's a good, he's a solid guy. That is all of a sudden you're a face and you're a known entity where everyone else is just a stack of resumes. They're just, in right. a stack, it goes a long you know? way. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, it's somewhat risky hiring someone. Cause I mean, like you're doing these, these huge Excel reports. I mean, yeah. you're very detail oriented. So, I mean, it's not an issue, but like if, if someone were really careless, that could, I mean, I, I guess worst case scenario, maybe you would, well, would you lose the client? I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on it's context specific. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely different for each company, but for like, we work with the government. So I think I could be wrong on this, but it's like every four years we have to reapply for our contract with the DOD. Hmm. Um, and so I guess if over those four years that you're on the contract, if someone like me kept messing up, putting a sour taste in the Marine Corps mouth and, yeah. you know, re up the contract, but, um, and in reality though, if you, if it's just like kind of a, not a four year contract, you know, whatever, 
day-to-day client, you could lose your client if you're not paying attention, you know? Well, I mean, in my space, like as a consultant, like I'm a line item. So like I'm, they could easily just say, all right, they're gone. Yeah. If I made made a a mistake. But I mean, I guess really the, the blowback though is, is this, this concept of um, like your, like how, how strong your relation, it would hurt your relationship with that person. You know, if they referred you in and you did a terrible job, it would make them look bad, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I was talking with, uh, with my boss one day, I forget how it came up, but he was like, yeah, I don't, I don't vouch for anyone. I don't, I don't, I think he was somewhat <laughs> joking, but he was like, yeah, like it, cause it's a direct impact on you. If you are like, Hey, this is a great guy. Then that person comes in and they're just not, not it, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm wondering if there's a story behind that. I wonder if he referred someone or, you know, if there's someone like a sociopath came in and just like yeah, completely maybe. wrecked stuff for him. Yeah. There might be a big backstory behind that. <laughs> That's true. All right. So we were talking before, like right before we hit, hit live. Um, what are your thoughts on the capstone like class? I'm, I'm very curious now that you're six months out, like reflecting back on that experience. Like what, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, no, I think it was really helpful. Um, so I guess a few points. So one, me being put in the team lead role, which I guess it just worked out for me, is pretty much identical to what it would be like leading a project mm-hmm. for any job, or at least for my job, you know, just as far as the standpoint of contacting the client, asking when they're available, setting up meetings, just, you know, more of an administrative aspect, you know, it just kind of prepared you of like, okay, like this would, you have to stay on top of things if, your client doesn't respond. You got to, you know, say, Hey, like, can we meet? Like we have some stuff to do, you know? Um, well, it's funny. I, I, I told you off air, I, I had this strong impulse to micromanage the projects. And then I realized after one week of like, I don't need to be like the bottleneck of here, the students send me the project and I'll send it to the client. It's like, you're the team lead, you guys interface and come to me. And it, it I feel like saying this out loud, I sound so lazy as a professor. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to hang out here if you have any questions. But I mean, I think in terms of learning, though, I mean, you had to figure these problems out on your own. I'm not going to right. I keep using the metaphor of mama bird it into your mouth. Yeah, well, I think it's kind of almost like, you know, you're like you're the top dog, you're the manager, and then you delegate down mm-hmm. to the team lead. And then me as a team lead would then delegate to. I, I, my lower, I mean, it wasn't like that with the project, but in in the real world, you know, your lower employees. And then if any problems come up, you try to figure it out in your little, you know, your little project group before going back to the manager. Um, but no, I thought it was a, a pretty, pretty good representation of what it's like in the real world. And then also, you know, meeting with the client, um, having those just face-to-face meetings and understanding how to at least, because not everyone knows how to act with the client, you know? Um, and just getting that experience and then also taking basically what they want, making sure you know exactly what they want and then doing what they want and presenting it to them is a skill that pretty much use every day in the, in the real world. Yeah. Well, um, refresh my memory. What was the specific, do you guys worked on multiple projects? Like it started with one and then you guys knocked, we thought it was going to last like a three month period and you guys knocked it out in like three weeks right? Yeah. We did a few different ones. I can't remember exactly like the details, but I think, 
I'm trying to think what, what it was. Well, I know that, but... okay, the one thing, so actually, it's funny. I had Christina on the last live stream, and she was talking to this guy who um, wrote a book on data. So Christina is wanting to get into machine learning. So she, it's funny that oh, nice. you're, you're the business analyst from the cohort. She's like the data scientist. Like, well, she's the math major. So, like, that makes total yeah, sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, but she, the one, one that I remember was uh, she figured out data scaffolding. So you guys had two different sales data sources and then one um, spending. It was because mm-hmm. they they launched that new product line. And we were trying to right. figure out, was it Amazon, Facebook, or Google that was the best marketing channel for that project? Mm, yeah. And But then also, too, I remember, so that was like a new, a complete like new venture for them. But then you guys were also working with the supply chain data stuff, too, right? Yeah, there's a few. Yeah, I think we were. And basically, um, David Oliver was just saying, like, hey, these are the metrics. Like, I want I want answers to. Like, can mm-hmm. you guys dig through the data and, and show me? Um, and so that was good to kind of get certain things um, in direction and then perform some analysis in Power BI and then be able to say, hey, Mr. Oliver, this is your answer. Like, you need to use X, you need to use X or whatever it was um, and actually have him happy with the results. It was a, it was cool. So were you were you nervous during that project? A little, but also <laughs> not really because I was still a student, so I wasn't like that. You know, like okay. I been... will you unpack this for me because I feel like I'm I'm having a hard time connecting with. Well, I think the the students this semester I think are burnt out by COVID, unfortunately. Yeah, like uh, yeah. I think that that um, has had an impact. But yeah, so what what's the difference in in terms of like? I guess the incentives weren't like you need to figure this out or you're not going to get paid. It was like, whether you figure this out or not, as long as you try, you're going to get a good grade. Yeah. And also it was, it was this last semester of your senior year. So like you'd have to, I know I was graduating in like a month and yeah, no, I I definitely took it serious though, because I knew it was good experience for me and I was interested in like learning power BI and just, you know, Mr. Oliver's a great guy. Um, So getting that, um, contact and making a good impression on him you know i knew it was important but yeah at the end of the day i was like i mean it's i'm a student like if i mess up and don't do what he asks like nothing bad's gonna happen you can say i'm a student i need help yeah you know yeah. you don't, I, I, mean, I guess you, you can yeah. kind of say that as like intro, an entry level analyst kind of but at the same time yeah like, yeah you don't want to wear that out right yeah i mean that's that's how i kind of feel now i'm like i felt like six months you know it was kind of like a good good turning point for me. Like, okay, your first six months, like you're still learning, whatever. And it's like, okay, you've been there for half a year now. Like, let's like almost, you know, kind of move on, you know, um, into a bigger role. So it's, it's somewhat like that, but yeah, definitely. If that was me with my real job, definitely more incentive because it's like, okay, I'm, I'm getting paid for this. Like it's my job. It's what I do for a living. Well, it's funny. Cause I was a little bit nervous of like you guys hurting my relationship with him. <laughs> Oh yeah, if we just terrible. <laughs> but at the same time, though, like I think that there there is like lowered expectation because yeah, I would say a student capstone project there's lower expectations than an internship. An internship has lower expectations than entry level, and then right. you know you get to you know moderate and senior positions. Yeah, he kind of knew what he was signing up for, I guess. Well, but he's also <laughs> just like he's such a great guy. Like he, he loves mentoring. I, I have a, yeah, a handful totally. of clients who really enjoy helping showing like young people, Hey, this is what it's like in the real world. 
because I think that there's a big disconnect right now, just in just in culture in general and in, in higher education of you, you you work out of these sample. It's like Sally has three apples and Tom has <laughs> four oranges. It's like this doesn't map on to the real world to where um, that's what we're trying to I'm trying to change, I would say, kind of in the in the capstone course. Although I will say this. So I'm, I'm going to be teaching the digital marketing class next semester. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. So that'll be. How are you, you going to run that? Have you thought about that? <clears throat> well, my basically, digital marketing class was pretty dry. <laughs> it wasn't the best class. It could have been cool too, but it wasn't the best. Okay, so yeah, actually, let me run this by you. So my my one of my best friends is has he's a CEO of a marketing agency. I think we're going to take the frameworks they have and then mm-hmm. just implement it with my learning platform. So like, for example, Christina is writing the blog, but subversively what she's doing is a long-term search optimization strategy. So okay. like, if you're cool. typing in Google, how to get an analytics job, I want to rank for that or power BI certification. I want to rank for that. So we're, we're posting articles on the website. So people will click on the article, enjoy it, and then maybe go back and then maybe buy the courses. So that right. kind of stuff. Okay, that's cool. And and then also too, um, well, we got into this a little bit, right? With um, in the case studies course where we did like a subscribe, a YouTube subscribe ad, right? Yeah, I remember we kind of practiced like you know what was it like the subject line, like um, different stuff in the email, and saw who got more clicks. And so you guys did work in the case studies class last year. You guys did work with real data because I had my email list. And right. then you guys, yeah. I broke you into two teams and you competed on, you could get the yeah. better, the best click-through rate and open rate. Yeah. yeah. So I think that was a pretty interesting, it's just an interesting way of teaching because I, I think I have a unique advantage as a professor in that I don't know a single other professor who has their own business. Yeah. Not that I, not that I can think of. Because like in my MBA program, we could, the professor couldn't show us like, you know, some business that. I don't know. We were associated like my capstone course. It was kind of separated and a little bit disjointed in that what I'm trying to do with this, the case studies class is give you a foundation so that you then have the capstone course and then just continue building onto that. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, uh, why is it dry? Because it was like out of a textbook. I mean, and this was no hate to the professor, but <laughs> it was just we would go to class and she would go over a 30 slide PowerPoint slide like that Tuesday, Thursday. Then we'd like have a quiz and then a week later we'd have a 60 question exam based off. You know, it was just pretty it wasn't really any like, experience. It was just kind of almost memorizing at that point. It wasn't, you know, super hard learning. So. Oh, you're breaking up a little bit. Hello? You there? Can you hear me? Um, I, I can hear uh, you now. Um, so it's the application. You like both of the classes I taught you were application based. So you felt like that was a really good, effective way. I just think the best way of learning is by doing and trial and error. I think it's the best way, you know, like just putting your hands on it and, you know, just taking your first crack at it. And then if it's wrong, then you get feedback and, if it's good, then you can just keep building off of it. But I just don't really like sitting and like memorizing. I feel like I don't, I don't learn the best that way. Good. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just digesting all of this right now. 
So you do feel like you learned at least a good foundation of the from because I mean I only had you for two classes. I mean that's not a huge amount of time. Yeah, um, the thing that helped too though is you know they're back to back semesters, so it was kind of just like almost a year straight. You know, going from ground zero to building up, you know, all my analytic skills to my graduation. You know, sending me off to the real world. Yeah, but no, I, I thought. And I promise everyone listening, he didn't tell me to say this, but <laughs> I thought that your classes were the most beneficial ones I took for sure because they prepared me the most um, awesome. for my job. Ah, that warms my heart. Christina said the same thing, like it, like her getting to work because um, we had we had a podcast guest on um, a while ago, and he said you don't get paid to solve problems that have already been solved. Right. Yeah. So I gave you a novel problem in a context that you had to quickly learn, which I think that's a skill set that's never really talked about in business school. Like having to quickly, like you're just thrown into the fire and you have to figure out, all right, what does this mean? What does that mean? You know, what are the goals? Cause I, yeah. I tried to give you that framework of like, all right, here's the KPI. Here's the most important scoreboard metric. And then you can kind of get into secondary metrics and then dimensions of that. Yeah. And I thought it was the one interesting thing. I remember when we were, um, working in Tableau, you know, if we had a problem, you'd be like, all right, well, yeah, like just, just kind of click around, try to see if you can figure it out, you know, do some digging on your own and then we can work through it. But cause that's what you do in the, in the real world. Like I mentioned earlier is try to figure it out on my own, click through, then I'll go to Google, you know, search, search it up because you don't want to always be just nagging your boss or coworkers to give you the answers. So my laziness benefited you, you would say? <laughs> yes. <laughs> just throwing well, us in the fire was good. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I would help you guys because we would have like strategy sessions because it well, would yeah, be like yeah. one one day a week you guys would, would meet on your own. And then the other day, like we, we would like whiteboard it out and be like, all right, here's the problem. Here's how it's being structured, um, with, which that's that's interesting in that you don't get to do that, really, because you're working well, remote. Oh, yeah. Like whiteboard it out with. Yeah. Um, yeah, that definitely does stink. Because it's it's also just not as easy to interact with people over mm-hmm. a face call. And most of the time we don't even use cameras, so it's just talking to a screen, you know, which is which is a disadvantage of working from home. Um but yeah, I don't know. I think it definitely does help like what we did in the course, you know, just kind of just breaking it down for a second, stepping back and saying, Hey, here's our goals, here's what we need to do. It gives you direction. Gotcha. All right. So Dina, she actually just bought one of our courses on the learning platform. Just saying, hi, glad to live stream. Uh, I guess she just said, sorry, I missed this. Uh, you were remote from the beginning or did you work up to it? So you, you immediately started day one. That's yeah. Man, that's gotta be a little tough. Yeah. So it was, yeah. Day one, you know, I went to the office and got all my computer equipment. Um, and I've been into the office, Cause so we have, and the other thing that kind of stinks for me is so Arlington is where I live, which is basically DC. Um, and we have an office there, but because of COVID and since we're working from home, they just closed down that office because there's no use for it. And so then our other office that we kept was in Quantico right next to the Marine Corps base, which is 45 minutes away. So it's also mm-hmm. like I can go in the office, but now I have a 45 minute commute when I could walk to work in 10 minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I have the option to go to the office, even though most people don't, but now I'm even more deterred because, you know, the, the office yeah. is further away. Um, but I think I've only been in the office three times in six months. Wow. So, yeah. 
And it wasn't even for full days. It was just for a few meet, like a client meeting or two. So where do you see yourself in three to five years? Have you thought? Have you thought so are you still, okay, question. actually, maybe, maybe that's not a good question. Maybe it's like, are you even there? Are you, you're just like drinking through a fire hose trying to absorb all of this? Yeah, I think, well, a little bit of both. So to talk about the the latter, I think that this is just, I'm using this as like a really great experience, you know, just to kind of get in the workforce, get some great experience, you know, save some money, get to know people and just kind of figure out what I want to do. Um, and I like what I'm doing so far, you know, I have no complaints, but then on the other hand, you know, you have your, your different aspirations and goals. Um, so, you know, you, you definitely think about that. I think my dream job would be to do data visualization for a sports team. Wait, which I think did, would be awesome. did we have Ken G on the podcast? I don't think when I was there now. Okay. So Ken G is a, another YouTuber and he does uh, sports analytics. Okay. And yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's, it's basically like that concept of Moneyball, right? Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. I think that would be a, a sweet, like working for the Washington Nationals, just doing data analytics, data visualization. Is, so do they have cool. like, is that like a full-time position for them? I've looked it up and yeah, they, <laughs> have, have. they have an analytics like department and team. And that's the only thing it's, it's not that big, you know, so yeah. there's limited roles. So you kind of have to look for opening or know somebody. So I'm definitely well, poking it, my head around. I think if you wanted to get into that space, you would probably need to learn data science. Cause I think they're like getting into like predictions and stuff. Right. 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 Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, that I haven't thought too much about it. It's definitely, I just, cause you know, I played, played baseball in my life and I'm a big sports fan. So I think that'd be really cool. Um, well, just what I posted the LinkedIn was you visualizing your yeah. baseball data. Do you actually, how about you talk about that project a little bit? Was that the one that I graded? I can't remember because it's not the one that's featured now, but I think that I actually showed that to my students this year because they were like, um, they were stuck and they're like, I, I don't know. I'm overwhelmed. I, I may have been more intense this year than I was last year. So oh, really? like, well, <laughs> I'm just like, I think, I, yeah, I think I came on strong. I was like, Hey, I just built this learning platform. We're going to study this data and we're going to like launch this start. And I think they yeah. were just like, Whoa, I don't, I don't know what to do, but I, actually, yeah, I did flip up your visualization and said, Hey, this is a project concept that you could build. And um, I'm trying to think, you, you know, Devin, right? Devin Summers. Yeah. 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 yeah so he, he, he built a very similar dashboard to yours. So Sweet. you're the inspiration. Yeah, you inspired Devin. Yeah. Well, sweet. Yeah. Does a good guy. Um, yeah, no, that project, I think it was one of the three, because I think that's what you required. It was three that we had graded maybe for our final. I think I just, okay, maybe I'm doing it even lazier this semester and I'm just grading the featured. (laughs) Oh, maybe it was, I can't, I think, I know, I think it was, you, you said put one in your feature, that's your best one. And then, but you have to have at least three total. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how, that's, that's how I did it this year too. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that was my featured one because I felt that was the most polished. Um, but yeah, no, we, um, so I guess that was one of the first ones we kind of started out with because you asked most of us in the class were athletes. So you asked us what data we wanted to work with. And so I guess we each did our own. And obviously I did the baseball statistics and just kind of went from there. It was kind of a slow process because I was, as I was learning data visualization, so, you know, got better as it went on, but, and then ended up with a pretty sweet, pretty sweet uh, dashboard. 
Well, you had to go on. So this is what was interesting is the students struggled this semester with getting the data off of the website. Like, did you did you download a CSV or did you like, do you know, do you know Aiden from the lacrosse team? Aiden, yeah, yeah. So he had to like copy and paste it in there, and it was like this mess to get. Oh the yeah, that data. Sounds, I don't. I don't know if because um, I think Connor pulled the data right. And yeah, no, I well, I pulled the baseball data. It was just I, I downloaded a file and downloaded it um, and saved it as a as a PDF. I'm pretty sure, and then it, you could just that's an option in Tableau to upload as a PDF. Oh, okay, gotcha. I think, if I'm thinking correctly, I'm pretty sure that's what I did, and okay. then it. it, it required a little bit of cleaning up once it was in tableau but not too bad so there there you got like the et extract trans transform load process of that down i mean mm-hmm. what in the linkedin post um that i was that i posted this morning to promote the this episode i was talking about how solid of a portfolio piece that was oh yeah totally because you're you're interested in it so like you're gonna put extra time and energy into it yeah and also too it's like uh a conversation piece in the interview if you wanted it to be. Yeah. Th- yeah. I, I saw that you mentioned, cause it's like a dual thing. It's like, okay, here are my skills. And then also, yeah, I played college baseball. Like just, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a flex, you know, I can do data and play sports. Well, <laughs> I feel like that's not kind. It's an emotional bid. So like, yeah, it's yeah, like you're yeah. opening up a little bit and then maybe, you know, the person hiring you is, is a sports fan as well. And then all of a sudden you have that personal connection while right. you're also demonstrating the fact that, hey, I can get this job done. I've already done it on my own free time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And actually speaking on that, my when I was interviewing for my internship, uh, the guy who's one of my bosses now played soccer at Coastal Carolina. So, you know, it was kind of if I were to present that um, dashboard right away, then we would have had that connection, you know, both played sports in college and stuff. So it definitely um, works out. Do we talk much about, I feel like I didn't talk as much about personal branding last year as, as I did this year. Do we talk about it much? Definitely a little bit. I don't know if like how, how much, but we definitely brought that up. Yeah. Because I think that building out a portfolio is just a great way to improve your overall personal brand. Cause I think one thing it's one thing to talk about what you can do and it's a whole completely different thing to say, Hey, here's what I, here's what I've done and document that. Yeah, exactly. Because I yeah. think that, uh, yeah, each uh, each and every one of you guys actually had a pretty decent, especially for an entry level. Like some of the stuff you see online is like crazy complex. Oh, yeah. Some of those are pretty nuts. <laughs> but like, I mean, that's cool in that like it's LinkedIn engagement, but I don't think most organizations are using like the dashboards you're building they're not super colorful and flamboyant and complex, right? No, not at all. They're pretty, they're pretty just straightforward. Like here's the information, you know, um, and like making sure it's clean and that it, it looks good. Not really any of the extra colors and all that. So do you actually, I'm kind of curious now, like getting into like the level of the power, power BI. Oh, I'm getting a, I feel like your Bluetooth is cutting in and out. Okay. Um, okay. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm good now. Um, okay. What was I saying? Uh, are you like, can you tell me a little bit more about like the, the level, like how are you using Power BI? Are you building like interactive dashboards? Like, are you building a data model? Like, like what, when you, when you say you're pulling the data in, like, what does that, what does that data look like? 
Um, so it's pretty much just pulling in some pretty rough um, Excel data. Mm-hmm. And then basically what I've been doing is, you know, you just bring it into the query editor and I've been cleaning it up that way and then just building out the uh, interactive dashboards. Um, and then there are some people on my team, the few others that know Power BI that are really, really advanced with it that I'm still learning from them that then have been, you know, really building out the, you know, behind the scenes data modeling. Um, but are they automating yeah, for the, it? I'm not sure if I know how to answer that. Okay. Like, well, like, is it hooking up into like the system or is it still you're pulling like, okay, for the pro for your caps project, we were sent Excel files and then we hooked the Excel files into that. So if we were to update it, we'd have to just update the underlying data as opposed to like being hooked like an API directly into a system. Okay. Yeah. I think it's just the the first part that you're talking about where it's just, connected to Excel files. So they can just go in and update the Excel files and then it'll update the Power BI. Yeah. Cool. So how are you, how are you structuring your dashboards? I'm kind of, kind of curious. Are you, are you taking my framework if you yeah. remember it? <laughs> yeah. So, well, I like to do the, the KPI cards and stuff at the top, you know, put a little title in, you know, so everyone knows what, what's going on. <laughs> and then I know, um, the last dashboard I made, you always like to put the, um, like the time, uh, I'm trying to think like a time, like a line graph, you know, for over the months at the bottom, you know, cause you can stretch it out. You know what well, I'm talking okay. about? I'm, I well, uh, yes. It. Cause yeah, you don't want like a line graph and it's like an inch long right, and it's you can like have everything's like, yeah. like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely took all the structural, um stuff oh, from awesome. your class and that's still how i built out the dashboards i think i think it looks the best you know it looks clean yeah so are you getting some some good adoption though like are people seeing it and they're like wow and then they're clicking around yeah yeah i mean i guess i don't really get to see someone's you know in in person reaction oh that's know, right as, i keep forgetting yeah. your remote so it's yeah. like ah oh, that that adds such a weird screwball to things I know, right? It's such a weird but, time in like, I don't know, education, work. Because this is your first experience. Most people, it's like they, they get like a mentor and there's like a personal thing. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm proud of you for being like kind of out there isolated and like pushing through and getting all this done. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not that easy, but it's also all I know. So I don't really have anything to compare it to. So it's just kind of normal for me, which I think is kind of, it benefits you. Because if, if you had something to compare it to, you'd be kind of maybe more negative about it and say, oh, man, this sucks. But instead, it's like, this is my first opportunity. So it's just kind of taking it and running with it. Gotcha. All right. So we're, we're coming up on almost an hour now. Do you have any advice? Like, if you were to go back and start over, are there any things that you would have done better, improved? Like, like what's, what's your thinking on that? Yeah, I mean, I would say, I, and I, I learned the data visualization pretty well i would say get even better with that i would say i took one which i'm not sure if the is the analytics minor um at gc do you have to take excel courses to get the minor um i I already i I think that's a business wise i think all of it don't you have to take an excel class in the business school yeah i didn't know if it was specific for the analytics minor Mm -mm. but well, anyways, I took one Excel course and it gave me a good base, but I wish I could have taken more 
because like I said earlier, Excel, I'm working on it every day and I've learned so much, you know, just in these past six months. But if I was able to come on the job and be able to do all these advanced functions and stuff in Excel, it'd be, you know, really impressive. Okay. So what's ironic about this is that I pulled up this question before you went into that tangent and that's exactly uh-huh. what he's, what Matt Bratton. So Matt Bratton is um, a podcast okay. like fan and friend of ours. He actually is the VP of, an, of analytics for a company and he is super advanced in Excel. So, okay. yeah. So he, he might, you might want to look up his YouTube channel. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so he's literally that. saying, read my mind. <laughs> Matt, if, if you're in the chat still, do you think that colleges or universities are doing a poor job of application-based Excel or? Oh, interesting. So now we've got another podcast fan. So Abe is, um, so he said, I would say school is a good supplement to actually doing real world stuff. Kind of need a degree, but real world stuff is where it's at. So do you, you wish there, there was like an application-based Excel class? Yeah. Um, just because, like, so the Excel course I took uh, was, it was like advancing with Excel or something like that. Um, but it basically just gave you like a base knowledge of Excel and how to use functions and, and all the shortcuts that come with Excel. Um, but I wish there was, you know, a, a course kind of like what we did with Power BI or, or Tableau, you know, where we actually had to like go in and use real world data and build out stuff um, and just problem solve, practice using the different like, you know, even more advanced functions like nested if functions, stuff like that, like index, indirect, match functions, all those is more um, in-depth ones. Yeah, I, that's that's interesting. I'm I'm actually glad that you bring that up because the first day of class didn't for the 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 first exposure to me. I was like, hey, here's some of my review data from my courses. You guys go analyze it in that, and it was in Excel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And then I showed you guys like a pivot table and maybe a VLOOKUP or something like that, but I didn't go yeah, too exactly. deep into it. Yeah, because I mean, I guess I have overestimated. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I thought you guys had already gotten those. Like, but now that I'm thinking about it, like, yeah, you wouldn't do advanced functions in a, in a typical Excel class. Yeah, right. And we even like briefly learned that, but it wasn't enough to where it was stuck. And I like knew right away, like, oh, this is the perfect time to use a pivot table or or the VLOOKUP, you know. Which now I know those tools. Um, but yeah, like I think that would definitely be be helpful because they're powerful tools. X lookup, bro. <laughs> um so really so do you feel like you got enough repetition even in my because i feel like we didn't have a ton of like exercises and stuff like that you just went and did it did that stick i think it stuck more because we actually just went in and did it on our own instead of just you know like how you made us um like one person would go up to the front and drive ah, right. um, i thought that was super helpful because you at least for me, like I retain more when I'm actually doing the clicks, you know, and, and going through the motions instead of just watching someone do it. You know, that, so. Well, you know what it is too? And I, I'm like kind of pressing on the students because they're like up in front of everyone and they're like a little bit nervous. Although you didn't <laughs> seem too bad, but it's like, I don't want to look stupid in front of everybody. Right. So it's like, yeah, I called it the hot seat. And it's kind of the same concept of like, getting you to work with a real client it's like this matters they're going to take this and they're going to make a business decision off of it so like you need to care about it to where like if you're just i don't know on your computer just clicking around like it's it's not 
Interesting. Yeah. So do you have any feedback on how we can make it better? You think? I mean, I guess an Excel, an Excel class, like a, a deeper I, applied Excel class, maybe. Yeah. A deeper applied Excel course, maybe like kind of like how the buildup was for the analytics courses. You know, we did the, the case studies kind of had a base knowledge, then applied it with the um, uh, capstone course, you know, maybe something like that with Excel or they could even go hand in hand, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess specific for the analytics course, I don't know. I mean, it was cause you're still doing um, the podcast with the class, Do you have the guest speakers and stuff. We're doing a live stream now. Oh. So like Matt, Matt, Matt Bratton actually came in. So that adds a whole nother layer to where like, um, Oh man, I'm blanking on his name right now. Oh, he's got a mustache. Ah, now I'm in the hot seat. I can't remember. But um, one of one of the the students had to like do um, Excel work, and there was like the live stream here, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, he he had a little. But I think that 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 kind of cements it in your mind of like, oh, I did this. Like there's stakes. Yeah. I feel like yeah. having a little bit of, and it's not like I'm gonna I'm gonna completely humiliate you in front of all these people, but and yeah, there's, yeah, it makes it stick in your mind if, if there's pressure on it, and even if you fail, it's you know trial and error, so. I think that's a good way to do it for sure. Yeah, actually, Matt was one of the um, guest lecturers this semester, and he helped build out the financial model for oh, the uh, learning platform. So it's basically nice. like I, I'm launching a startup, and here's access to my data. And then, well, we also did community challenges where we had like um, we actually had some people from Truist, which is the world's sixth largest bank, come in and submit some Jeez. of their work. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, Naveed, who does, um, he's kind of like their internal tech. Like he's like the data doctor. So he knows power BI and Tableau and all this stuff. Apparently right. he lives like out near the airport in Greece. Really? So like I'm hanging out with him now. He did, he participated in the data challenge and now we're like friends. <laughs> Dang, that's awesome. So, yeah. So this has been, this has been good for, for networking for sure. Yeah. Um, it seems like you're rolling. <laughs> yeah. Well, but also too, like Al's LinkedIn lecture was, was really solid. Oh yeah. Not, totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my LinkedIn, I haven't, I haven't done too much to my LinkedIn, which I probably should update it a little bit. Um, but that took our LinkedIn's from like here, like all like advanced us so much. Yeah. That's where the personal branding came in. But yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't feel a ton of pressure to like work on your Tableau public and your LinkedIn if, cause like right now you were rapidly growing and gaining experience and skills. Right, right. You know, so yeah. like, don't don't stress yourself and pull your hair out of like, I need to document this and I need to be like pristine on my personal brand. It's like yeah. you're you're in the door now, and that's that's fantastic. I mean, huh? It's been going good. Yeah, been going good. Good. All right. Well, I won't take up too much more of your time. We've we've, we've actually just gone over an hour. But thank you so much for tuning in. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much for coming on and everybody in the live chat. Thanks for the experience. Yeah, well, thank, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. I'm glad we got to catch up and hang me out too. a little bit. Yeah. All right. I'll see you guys. Yeah, take it easy. See ya. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I'm curious, were there any valuable insights or lessons that you learned? One thing that could hugely help us out is if you just took 30 seconds and left us a review with a little blurb about what you learned. Thank you so much for your time and attention, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I'm curious, were there any valuable insights or lessons that you learned? 
One thing that could hugely help us out is if you just took 30 seconds and left us a review with a little blurb about what you learned. Thank you so much for your time and attention, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.